The Triangle's Playground, One Guy's Earth-Shattering Account, Episode 4 of the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. Hello, and welcome everyone to the podcast. I am your host, Wayne, along with my lovely co-host and wife, Michelle. Hey there. Coming to you from the glacial dumping grounds known as the Michigan Basin, where we cover such topics as UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, paranormal encounters, ghosts, the Michigan Dog Band, Bigfoot, and all things paranormal and strange in and around Michigan. Welcome everybody to the podcast. Hey everyone. If you are new here, we're glad to have you on board. If you are a returning listener, thank you and welcome back. We appreciate all of you for listening and are amazed by the responses we've received so far. Also, thank you for sharing our podcast and Facebook group to those people that you think would find this podcast interesting, or maybe you shared this podcast with someone who had an experience that really shocked them or challenged their worldviews, kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight. On this episode, we're joined by our first guest, Guy Merritt, a man that we find completely credible with an incredible story of an encounter that shook him to his core and challenged his beliefs back in 1994 and still haunts him to this day. This is going to be a great show, Michelle. Yes, it is. All right. Remember, if you have a story you want to share with us and to our audience, please reach out to us and email us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com and we will get back with you as soon as we can. We are also still looking to talk to and interview any witnesses or people that were in the area of the time of the 1966 Ann Arbor Hillsdale UFO sightings that we talked about in episode one. It was... Swamp gas. Yes, it was not swamp gas. (laughs) (laughs) We are looking for people to talk to an interview about that um, UFO. I guess it's called a flap that happened in 1966, but we'll get more into that later. All right. So the next thing I want to bring up for the podcast is what I'm basically calling a teachable moment. So this is where we're going to have like our podcast corrections and maybe some clarifications and things like that. So going back to what we were just talking about with episode one. It was swamp gas. No, it wasn't. But going back to that, um, in our episode, we kind of beat up Dr. Heinick, um, who was basically the face of Project Blue Book of the time. Heavily criticized. Yeah, we, we kind of heavily criticized <laughs> Dr. Hynek about a little bit about his role in covering up and dismissing the UFO sightings reported in Ann Arbor in 1966. As one of our Facebook group members pointed out to me, Hynek had changed his stance on UFOs in his book. So I ended up doing a little bit of research to see what I could find out. And lo and behold... There was a episode of Brad Meltzer's Decoded, and it was a season two, episode seven of this History Channel series that was on. I don't know if it's on anymore. I never believe I watched it, but I found this episode and watched it. It was about UFOs. In in this episode, Meltzer makes reference to Hynek's reversal of his stance on UFOs and 
kind of exposed Project Blue Book. He stated that Hynek had his mind changed on the UFO issue and accused his military counterparts of, quote, apathy and ignorance as they routinely explained away phenomenon as either birds or balloons. And then Hynek was quoted as saying in his book, Project Blue Book went from the investigation of the unexplained to the explanation of the uninvestigated. So Heineck basically became the poster boy for the government trying to cover up what they didn't know about UFOs. So I just wanted to put that out there as a clarification. And thank you to the, the Facebook group member that pointed out that Heineck did reverse his stance. So yeah, they needed somebody to take the heat. They did, and he did take the heat. They they told him to explain that thing away and left him out to dry, and I think he probably felt uh, a little bit disheartened by the treatment that he received, so much so that he talked about it in his book. All right, well, now that that's out of the way, Michelle, I think it's time for some news. What do you think? I think it's time for some news. Pentagon UFO report. They acknowledge the reality, whistleblower says. So this is from Fox News. Once again, they seem to be putting out a lot of uh, UFO reports lately. This was published on April 24th. So a week ago. So Luis Elizondo on Blockbuster Document on UFOs, UAPs, slated for June release. Ooh, June's coming. I'm telling you, I don't know what I'm looking forward to more in June, the last day of school, or all of these reports. (laughs) The U.S. government is actually gearing up to share information about the reality of UFOs with the public and not a moment too soon, says the man who claims to have run the Pentagon's UFO program for nine years. Former President Donald Trump's $2.3 trillion appropriation bill for 2021 contained a mandate that the Pentagon and spy agencies must file a report about, quote, unidentified aerial phenomenon or UAP, unquote. Most of us just call them flying saucers, Nobody calls them flying saucers anymore. No, not all. That's ridiculous. Or UFOs. Maybe in 1960 they called them flying saucers, but whatever the jargon, as it says here in the article, noted whistleblower Luis Elizondo, former head of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, also known as ATIP, which operated out of the secretive fifth floor of the Pentagon's C Ring, told the Post about the resulting blockbuster document which is reportedly slated for June or release in June. Huh. Well, the fifth floor in the Pentagon is not a secret anymore. I don't know. I could stand outside the Pentagon and count up one, two, three, four, five. Hey, there's a fifth floor. It's not that secret. So it says here, tied to the mandate, Elizondo said the upcoming report touches down on the unexplainable Long-time UFO believers are hungry for explanations of the tic-tac-shaped objects the Navy encountered in 2004, the strange cubes within spheres seen by Navy pilots in 2014, or the mysterious black triangles continually reported around the world. Hmm. 
<laughs> Go figure on that one. Such details promise to come via the much-anticipated report and at least one evolution of belief. I think the government has acknowledged the reality of UAP, Elizondo exclusively told The Post, despite signing what he refers to as a lifelong NDA before he resigned from the Pentagon in 2017. I think they all wanted answers, and I think they are all willing to ask the hard questions. Yeah, I just wonder, because all of these stories broke with the New York Post first, which news outlet is going to get the the story first? Yeah, that's a good question. Good question. During a press conference this week, Elizondo made clear that UFOs have been observed to have qualities that are nothing less than otherworldly. He describes vessels flying at 11,000 miles per hour, and being able to turn instantly. Providing a comparison, he explained, for most advanced jets going at the same speed. If you wanted to make a right-hand turn, it would take you about half the size of Ohio to do it. Well, that's just because you're going so fast and aerodynamics. So, we do have craft that can go that fast. You know, that's only about Mach 2 two times the speed of sound so that makes sense but not do the sharp turns right yeah there's no way you can do that the amount of the g forces or the force of gravity you would exert on your body would turn you into a pancake he also detailed spielberg were the operational capabilities that fall into the realm of transmedium travel Elizondo explained that the eye-popping vessels can fly 50 feet above the Earth's surface or 80,000 feet in the sky and even submerge underwater without a compromise in performance. When you see that, you recognize you are dealing with a technology more advanced than ours. Absolutely. This, this was reported again by uh, David Fravor um, when he first broke on the Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. And he had talked about that the radar operators would observe these craft appearing at about 80,000 feet, which is the limit of our radar technology currently. They would just appear from outer space, head down in a split second or so toward the surface, and then be observed moving in different directions at about 50 feet above the ground. Crazy stuff. Even the way in which these inexplicable flying machines manage to lift off blows away rational engineering. These things have no wings, no cockpits, no control surfaces, no rivets in the skin, no obvious signs of propulsion, and somehow they are able to defy the natural effects of Earth's gravity, Elizondo said. How is that possible? The existence of the ATIP wasn't revealed until 2017, along with what Trump described as a hell of a video montage captured by the Navy featuring a dark circular object flying in front of a military jet, along with another small object racing over land at astonishing speeds in 2004 and 2015, respectively. The Department of Defense confirmed the authenticity of the footage, and a Navy spokesman confirmed the objects in the videos to be UAPs. At the time, former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid took credit for arranging $22 million in annual funding for the ATIP, telling the New York Times that it was one of the good things I did in my congressional service. Well, that may be true. I mean, we 
Well, should be spending money to see what these things are, right? Well, like I said, it's going to be a very interesting summer to see exactly, you know, what they come out with, how, you know, how much details, you know, or is, you know, is this the, the carrot? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess all we can do is wait and see. I know I put out kind of my skeptical thoughts on, on what this report is going to be out on the Facebook group, just thinking out loud. I don't know what to expect, honestly. But anyways, if you want to read the rest of this article, you can find the link to it in the show notes and check it out. All right, let's get into some shout outs. Uh, We got a couple podcasts out here I want to give a shout out to. And we as a podcast want to recognize and, you know, give you guys some options to listen to some other shows. Well, first, we've got Lost in the Dark podcast hosted by Burton and Aaron. This is a pretty cool podcast that bills itself as an attempt to capture incredible conversations between best friends as we explore all of our passions, but especially music and the world of heavy metal. So if you're into paranormal investigations and loud heavy metal music, give them a listen. Strong language, but it's heavy metal and the paranormal. What else would you expect? Right. And uh, yours truly will probably end up being a guest on their show at some time in the very near future. Yep. So check these guys out in one of our upcoming episodes. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to have them on our show and I will probably be on their show because of my background in the Detroit metal music scene back in the 90s. So they want to talk about that. So that's pretty cool. So check them out. I want to point out a show I really like as well is the Conspiracy Show, uh, heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This is a great show. He's got great quality, great guest. It's a top-of-the-line talk show. Uh, reminds me of something from back in the day of AM radio. It's just really cool. And he's out of Toronto, Canada. And last but not least... I want to give mention once again to our boys over at the Midnight Truck Stop, hosted by Big T and Blue Knight. They are a very cool couple of guys with a great concept as they explore those strange and unexplained incidents that so many of us have experienced while traveling along desolate highways. So give them a listen as they collect stories from all around the country from truckers and all kinds of travelers. So very cool. All right, Michelle, I think it's that time. What do you think? I think it's time for a little bit of a break. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with our very first guest on the podcast, and we are joined tonight by Guy Merritt. Now, Guy reached out to me after joining the Facebook group about um, the Michigan UFO um, Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast Facebook group. And we seem to have had a very similar type of experience, or at least the craft that we saw. So um, what I want to do is basically turn this over to Guy and have him tell us his uh, story, basically where he was, what he saw, when it was, and any other little details he wants to add in. So Guy, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us a little bit of background on you and uh what happened well thanks for having me and i'm a little bit nervous uh, anytime i talk about this i get a little bit stressed 
Well, you're our first guest, so don't worry about it. (laughs) I don't want to I don't want to ruin the podcast. Don't worry. You're among (laughs) friends. All right. Well, it was this happened. uh, The sighting that I had happened March the 18th of 1994. It was a Friday. And uh, prior to that, I had no particular interest in UFOs or anything paranormal. I've got a degree in psychology. I've had an interesting life as a musician out in Vegas and worked all over the country. The point is, I just wasn't something I followed with any great interest. I always joke with people. I'm probably the only guy you'll ever speak to that's never seen three minutes of Star Trek. I mean, I just don't watch that stuff. Yeah, you have nothing personal to gain from telling or making up this kind of a story is basically, I think, what you want to get to. Yeah, that right? that that and like I said, kind of a, you know, everybody, we all grew up hearing stories about, you know, UFOs and all kinds of stuff, you know, ghosts, alien abductions, whatever. But, you know, it was that wasn't something that was of particular interest to me. And I, I was always a, a voracious reader and I never read books about UFOs or follow. I didn't follow it, you know. So, but there had been a UFO flap that month and uh it was so well documented that it made the national news uh it was you know abc world news tonight cbs evening cbs evening news and uh had had run these reports about these uh craft over lake michigan and the early part of march and i'd seen that on the news and you know it was weird but it was over near holland michigan over lake michigan and i never heard anything about you know, UFOs near Flint. So I, you know, you know, you know, I just didn't think that much about it. Right. So, so anyway, um, did you want to ask me something? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Just real quick. Could you say what that date was again on uh, your sighting? Yeah. The day that I saw this was, it was Friday, March the 18th, 1994. And it was about five o'clock to five Oh eight or something in the morning. I mean, I'll never forget it. Okay. Well, I'm going to, share something with you here it's on our facebook group where michelle and i relate our story yeah. but the day that we saw our ufo was march 9th 2018 at about 2 30 a.m i listen and i think that was a i think that was a friday night because wow. we played bingo yeah, we played late. We night were bingo. playing late night bingo. And, uh, I, no, I listened to your podcast yeah, today, yeah. and I and, and my wife was sitting here, and you gave the date, and I said to Linda, my wife, I said, "Oh my God, what is what is March? Is that a thing with these things or what?" Well, if you listen to our first episode about the the UFO flap that happened in 1966 in Ann Arbor, Jackson, Hillsdale area. Those sightings and everything that went on was March. Was it really? I, it I, was. Yeah. yeah. All of the all of the newspaper articles and stuff that I found about that was March of 1966. Wow. Now that's yep. and I yeah, I'm very familiar with those things and never noted the date, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Call it coincidence. I'm not. You know, I know yeah. about numerology and gematria yeah. and and you know sacred geometry from the Masons. I've studied all that stuff. And, and say what you will, I don't believe in coincidences. <laughs> no, neither do I. I Something I, is up with that. No, I don't. I mean, I stopped believing in coincidences quite some time ago, too. 
Okay, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just no, I no. had to point that out for people that were listening about how bizarre is March? What is up with March? And Michelle? who haven't listened, and now they'll listen to see. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So okay, guys, no, go ahead. Uh, no, that, that it, it is very. Well, like I said, when I listened today to your podcast, it, uh, I said, oh, my God, to my wife, March 9th. I said, how weird is that? Maybe, so anyway, maybe the states have like certain months that they are visited because Ann Arbor was March up where you're at. Flint yeah, was March yeah. and where we were in Canton, you know, Wayne Westland area. That was March. I mean, it's just it's just bizarre. That it, no, it's it, it's odd, and as I said, it struck me when I listened to your. I had listened at the beginning of your podcast a week or so ago. Got interrupted doing something, working around the house, and I listened to the rest today. I caught the date again, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's you know, <laughs> what are the chances of that?" I mean, it's well, I mean, it's not statistic, statistically, it's not wildly off the charts, but it's still, I don't know. I was like, this is kind of weird. So, yeah, you said March 18th, right? Yep. Yeah. So March, March 9th, March 18th, all those numbers are all nines because you take the one and the eight from March 18th, you get nine. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) No, we're now getting into numerology. That's numerology and, and, and sacred geometry type things. But, you know, March 9th, 2018 when we had our sighting you know there's there's the one in the eight in 2018 you know there's the nine in our date and now guys got oh that's that's kind of that's kind of an interesting analysis yeah that's wild yeah that is wild okay i'm sorry once again i keep interrupting but no no that's the the correlations start to add up and my brain starts putting them together yeah and i was nervous about doing this so the more you talk the easier it is for me to (laughs) get out good good so, so anyway, what happened was, uh, uh, at the time I lived in Genesee, which is, you know, Northeast part of Flint, basically I lived in Flint and, uh, got, I got up in the morning, uh, you and I talked prior to the, to the recording of this broadcast. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned that I played with a band th- three nights a week and I was walking out of the house to, uh, to go out to Emily city to play this gig. And I saw a newspaper laying on an end table with a story about it was a transcript of a 911 call to the Flint police department. This lady said, you know, children screaming in background. And this lady was saying there was a UFO hovering above a house across the street in a crowded, crowded residential area of Flint. And I said to my wife at the time, now my ex-wife, I said, man, that's weird. And I'll never forget this. We were driving out to Emily city. I'll never forget this. I, that I was just such an odd article. I'd never seen anything like that in the Flint Journal. I mean, it was, you know, not a tablet, I, bizarre. And I said to my wife, my then wife, I said, I said, man, I'd really like to see a UFO. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool to see a UFO? Which reminds oh, me, of, yeah, which <laughs> reminds me of that old Chinese proverb or whatever, be careful what you wish for, you know? So, you know, I never thought I'd see one or I thought I'd see a light in the sky, which is not what happened. I mean, I wish I'd have seen the light in the sky, kind of. Uh, it was uh, so I came home from the gig, didn't get hardly any sleep. I had I usually had a good job and I'd fallen out of work and I'd taken a temp job done in uh, New Hudson, which is down off 
was I always get them confused. Not I ninety four, but I ninety six. Is it there? You know that kind of down near Brighton. You know, and so I had this crappy temp job at this uh, little plant in New Hudson. We made parts for Ford, and uh, but it was a job. You know, something to do for till I got better work, which I did shortly thereafter. But so I got home from this gig, went to bed, got very little sleep, a couple hours, jumped out of bed, hopped on the freeway to go south to New Hudson, which I would say is probably like 50 miles. And I didn't get all that far. And uh, I got on 69 to 75. As I was getting on 75 right there by Bishop Airport, the minute you do the cloverleaf, you go up, you go up a little hill and you go over an overpass that goes over Bristol Road and the your, to your southwest is Flint's Bishop Airport. And yep. uh, very five, familiar with it. Yeah, right. It's five o'clock in the morning. You know, if you, you're from Michigan, which makes this a lot easier, you know, Flint's Bishop Airport is not some huge international hub of travel. I'd never seen a big plane like I say, you know, a commercial jet landing or anything there at that time of the morning. And I'm on this overpass and I look south of the airport and really low on the horizon there's these two brilliant white lights, I mean, south of the airport. And uh, they were kind of an odd color of white, but I just figured, well, that must be a cargo plane or something. I mean, I didn't think they landed at five o'clock in the morning, but what else could it be, you know? So, and it was real low, so I figured it was landing. And as I came off of the overpass, I then could not see it anymore because there's like urban sprawl there and stuff in the way. And I went a couple of miles south and there's a big mound where they, they, they've been dumping the trash for years next to, uh, I, well, I-75 I and US-23 split up, and I yeah. I bear to the right on US-23 to go south to New Hudson, and I got to that point where there's that big mound of trash, and the freeway kind of curves to the, uh, what would that be, west for about a quarter of a mile, and then back to the south, right. and, and that becomes, that's an area that it becomes, all of a sudden, it gets quite rural there, and it's unobstructed, and it was March, and there were no leaves on the trees. And as I made that curve, man, I, I could see these lights plainly and I started losing it, man. I was scared. I was like, what is this thing? It was a ways away yet. I could see these lights and they were almost like on the ground. I mean, it was really low on the horizon. It appeared to be whatever it was. It wasn't moving. It was obviously not an airplane. I thought, could this be a helicopter? What in the hell is this thing? And 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 it was obvious to me at that point that it seemed to be hovering near the freeway that when I would curve south, that it was hovering down near there, hovering right near the freeway. I mean, uh, and in fact, as I curved south in about a quarter of a mile, I was lined up looking at this thing. I was in the southbound lanes and it was just to the right of the southbound lanes, the nearest headlight of this thing, it had two northerly facing headlights that were this odd color of white. And the nearest headlight was almost touching the lane I was driving in. And, and it was, it was just above a grove of trees, a uh, full grown grove of trees. So what is that? I mean, a hundred, 120 foot in the air. And I mean, I mean, this thing is, I'm like way too close to this thing. And I'm just, my heart was racing. I was like, what am I looking at? When you came around that corner and started heading south again on 23, yeah, right there to go around the airport. Now, when you came around that bend and you saw those headlights, how far from you do you would you estimate you were 
distance wise, uh, a half a mile, a mile? Um, well, when I, when I made that curve south, I would say I was probably, I'm guessing the distance might have been half a mile. Okay. You know, I mean, but the problem was, I'll be honest with you, I was looking for one of those things where you can turn around. I, I had a very ominous feeling about this because it was so low. I'm like, my mind was racing. I was like, is this an invasion? I kept thinking, is this happening all over the world? And I hadn't even seen the form of this thing, but they, these lights, these lights had an, they were an odd color of white. They were a long distance, quite a ways apart. I could tell that whatever this was attached to was big. And I'm like, it was damn near, you know, all but on the ground. And I'm going to drive up to this. I'm like, is it, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I was thinking stuff like, is this thing going to, what, is this going to take me? Is this an invasion? And, and I kept thinking, and I, this sounds crazy, man, but I kept thinking, you're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here. That sounds nuts. And another nutty thing about this whole thing is, you know, I had to, I, I didn't have any choice. I had to drive right up to this thing. You know, traffic was sparse, but there was traffic. I mean, it's an interstate freeway and nobody had pulled over and nobody was hitting their brakes. And now, I'm like, what is question. going on here? Man? Right. Right. So it was almost like nobody else had even noticed these lights that you were seeing. Yeah. But you, Wayne, you couldn't not notice this thing. I'd seen it from three miles away. This thing was, I wouldn't say huge. It was huge enough when I had to drive right under it. I'm hundred. The things above my head, darn near. I mean, it's just to my right. And I'm looking, I mean, it was, I would I would estimate it was 200 foot by 200 foot by 200. When I got underneath it, yep. it was. I looked up and it had an orangish red light that was pulsating at the bottom like a heartbeat, just bloop. And it, when it lit it up, it was just a big equilateral now, triangle. Okay, so when you first saw those lights, could you tell what the shape of the thing was at that time? No, or not, not until not, you got up to it. No, not a bit. Not a bit. Okay. Yep. Uh, I just knew they were a strange color of white and another odd feature that I sent you a message in my videos on YouTube. I, I don't mention this, but I, I've talked about it to a lot of people when I've told them, you know, personally recounted it to people I know. I slowed way down, which nobody else is even slowing down. And I mean, this thing is, I mean, I could have had this been on a horizontal plane. I could have hit it with a rock, man. I mean, wow. yeah, wow. this wasn't. The, the, and and it's big and i'm going what is going on in my life i've just stepped over into the twilight zone i was about to, i thought i was going to have a heart attack i i mean not not figuratively i thought i was going to have a heart attack and uh and I, I slowed way down and that orange light lit it up and it had kind of a striated bottom like a looked like a grate or ribbing and it was yep, just yep. this enormous enormous uh well, enormous to me because I was so close to it. It was about 200 foot on each side. It was this big bloated flying apple turnover. It was an equilateral triangle and uh, utterly silent. It, it like it, it was, was going to be my next question. If, if yeah. you heard anything or no, no, I, uh, I didn't hear anything and something, you know, I'd seen things on UFOs before and it, didn't interfere with my car's electrical system or any of that stuff. I right. heard nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, uh, 
but when I slowed down and I saw what it was, I mean, man, it was just a completely surreal, strange moment in my life that it's like, it's like a door opened that you walk through that you can never go back to. I, I, when I, when I saw that light and it lit it up and I, I mean, it just looked like something from another place or time or dimension or, I mean, it, I mean, listen, I'm speculating. It didn't look like human technology to me. Right. It, it, ma- it made no sense with what you were, what you were that's, seeing. That's probably as good. That's probably a, the greatest way to describe it. That just, yeah. I, 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 it's like, this does not compute. The, and, uh, that the triangle that my wife and I saw, um, it, I, I could see that there were three, three lights, but they're out. I, when I saw them, I would, I would have thought that they were like a, like a spotlight shining down from a helicopter, but these there lights no, were, there was no beam. No beam. See, with the, when I was right under the scene, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I had to say this. That's fine. I loved mm-hmm. it when I listened to you guys speak because it brought to mind, it resonated with me. I mean, what was so odd is when I got right underneath it. I mean, bear in mind, I'm like, I'm like really close to this thing. Right. And, and I'm looking up at it and those white lights, they were kind of shimmering. It was the, 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 the light that was nearest me was very close. My and wife looking, is nodding her head crazily yeah, right I'm, now. I'm, and I'm looking at this big white ball of light kind of, but there's no beam coming out in front of it. Mm-hmm. It's not illuminating. The, you know what I'm saying? I remember yeah. I, there, there was and physics like that can't happen. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're you're seeing you're seeing the light, but there's no there's no beam of light. Usually, if you have a spotlight from uh you know uh, one of those truck towed spotlights for sales at you know car dealerships and they're they're you know flipping the lights around you can see the beam through the air the particles in the air get illuminated from these bright lights every little piece of dust whatever reflects light you know into certain directions and that reflected light is what reaches your eye to say hey there's something light up ahead but these three glowing orbs i guess you could say or or they they were almost like glowing white orbs that were recessed that's identical that's right they were recessed up in the bottom of this craft now we didn't have the the red light in the middle or any kind of light in between where the middle of the triangle was but it was just weird and this is what instantly i'm getting chills right now just thinking about it my adrenaline's starting to flow Because when I saw that, and with my background in aviation and science and physics, when I saw those three lights, my fight or flight instantly went off and said, that is not right. That thing is too big, too low, and too slow to be where it's at. And again, Michelle would say that the... To her, the the triangle. How big did you say it was? Um, the, I said, did you estimate what a, about a football field or have or close to a football? Which is field. which is a hundred yards, which is close to about three hundred feet. Yeah, we right? were close. Across. We weren't right underneath. Right, it. we we didn't get right underneath it, but yeah, we were 
we were close. Um, I would describe it the size that I, what popped in my head was it looked like a, a Walmart in the shape of a triangle that was kind of see-through and how I could discern the edges of this flying triangle was from light from the street lights reflecting up off the concrete back up into the sky. And it was illuminating bits and pieces of the bottom of this triangle. And it was enough to where I could see the edges, but the, the light almost looked like it was, I, I don't want to say being absorbed, but kind of moving, kind of moving through like almost like a fabric, like a ribbing. Right. But you couldn't see how, how tall or how thick this triangle was. And then as we got closer to it, we were starting to merge onto the expressway, you know, doing the, the loop around so we could go on southbound 275 and as this thing was moving due east toward us down ford road and we started to loop and turn in front of it and go south on 20 on 275 south the thing did not bank the thing turned on stayed flat and turned on its on the x axis right X runs horizontal. So the thing turned like that aerodynamics says if a, if a plane or a wing that is generating lift is going to turn, it's got to bank. It's got to bank into the air. And that, and this did not happen at all. So that had to be a, I mean, you know, I, 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 I feel you. I know what that's like to see something that makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Zero sense at all. And it, and it, with me, it just, I wanted to figure out what is this thing? And Michelle was keeping her eye on it. And uh, she's like, well, maybe it's an airplane. And then it, it hit her. Well, no, I said, you know, when did our military start picking up those sorts of devices? That's right. That's what it is. So because it was way too big yeah. to be a drone. And I knew that there used to be like a small airport or landing pad somewhere over in Canton. Um, near either Sheldon or Lily Road. Um, but I don't even know if that area is even active anymore. And then it started to travel over the trees and went south, let's see, southwest towards Willow Run Airport. Yeah. In that direction. And then we went down behind a, a basically a, a wind barrier or a yeah, it's the, a, like the a wall wind barrier. Yeah. And uh when we came out the other side of that, um, I guess you would call it a retaining wall. We gone. had lost sign, sight of it. And when we popped up on the other side, which was maybe 15 seconds later, and this thing being huge and where it was located, I was expecting for it to be right there when we came out of that from around that embankment. And it was gone. Just nothing. That reminds me of a buddy of mine. This is kind of a strange, I mean, riddled me this one there i mean this is totally bizarre i, I ran into an old friend at a at a reunion and uh we've been great friends in high school i'd lost track of him anyway we were very close as little kids went to and did birthdays and we're talking from kindergarten on and kind of a private guy and anyway i'd seen him in years but but we were standing out at 
out on the lawn at, a, at this reunion and talking about everything that had happened over the years. And I mean, this, this makes no sense. I, his name is Jack. And I said, man, you're not going to believe this. I saw this UFO in 94, I told him where it was. And he said, this was his response to me. He said, I saw that. I saw that too. And I said, where? And he, he said, at the same, same spot. And I'm like, and he said, just beyond where this thing was sitting, there's an exit at Thompson Road. And this guy has had a lot more courage than me. He, he drove up the exit ramp and he said he was going to turn around because it's very rural. There's nobody at Thompson Road. He was going to park mm-hmm. and look at it. And go, he was going, what is this? And he said, guy, he said, I got up the ramp. He said, and, you know, this thing was big. And he said, he turned around to look. And it was gone. It had disappeared. And that much, like it had winked out or something. I was just gone instantly, you know? And and I find it so bizarre that I've actually run into two people uh, in the intervening years that said, I saw that too. And I'm like, what are the chances of that? And it's never been in the newspaper. I'm like, I don't know. This stuff is just very, very confusing, man. Yeah. Um, and, and to that point, that's basically, you know, uh, why we started our Facebook group, right. You know, shortly after that experience that we had, and we started having people kind of trickle in and then they tell a friend and they come in and, and they, next thing, you know, we're starting to hear about people seeing the same kind of thing in that area. Now at different times, um, I, you know, I don't have a really good listing of dates and times when people say that they've seen this, but they've confirmed, you know, the, the triangle thing around uh, uh, Willow Run um, in that area south of 94. And then as you go through some of those comments and reports that people are making on the Facebook page, you uh, start to see that it seems like it's starting to trend to go back toward that Ann Arbor Jackson back to the West side of Michigan, you know, or at least to the center of Michigan, making its way further and further. Um, And then the sightings up North as well. I mean, it's, it's pretty, uh, I I don't know. I was going to say insane, but that's not the right word. Well, and here's the thing, all, all the people who are reporting the same thing and even us we can't all be off in left field. Nope. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's, I've said to people, you know, I've mentioned to you, I've got a degree in psychology, did a couple internships at community, community mental health in Genesee County, Liberica. There's just not that many crazy people. It's that simple. It's just that simple. I, yeah, there are crazy people, but you know, there's not that many that, and, and I've heard this, similar stories from, you know, like I said, pillars of the community, people are, I know are not, you know, that have no reason to invent this. And I know are mentally healthy. And yeah, you know, more and more people are coming out and talking about it, which is good. Although still when I, on my standard Facebook page, if I ever, I've stopped ever mentioning this stuff pretty much. I, I did post tonight that I was going to do this thing with you, but I had deleted, deleted some posts I'd made earlier. Because sure. you know, some people I know that I went to high school with, I, I think it scares them, which I think is probably, a, I, this is personal. This is totally editorial. This is very subjective. I think it's unwarranted, but you know, we talk about that. That's a totally subjective. And like I said, kind of just my opinion, but it scares people. It makes them uncomfortable. 
they wonder if you're crazy. So, you know, so, but no, a lot of people have, like I said, people have come forward to me after I talked about this, that I've known for years that I didn't know, man, I've heard some crazy, crazy stuff from people that I never thought I would hear from those people because I, because I like a dope, I guess, just said, this is what happened because it did, you know? Right. Well, and like we were talking about earlier too, just the stigma, um, you know, over the decades of, as far as, you know, who were the, the first ones to report that they ever saw anything, you know, and as soon as they put it out in the movies or like the example that you gave with the Reno 911, you know, it, it's always the, you know, the guy who's half in the bag with a beer in hand, a wife beater on standing yep. outside of his trailer. Yeah, we talked about that, I think, before we recorded. It. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny bit on Reno 911. And these two cops go to a trailer house. The guy's got a beer and no shirt on. and They tell him there's UFOs. And it's always it's always, it's always got that flippant, silly, this is a joke kind of feel to it, which, you know, you see what I've seen and you see what you've seen, you have your experience. It's no joke anymore. It's, it's not a joke. Well, and that's the problem. I think that that's why so many people don't report things and don't talk about it is because of that stigma that's out there. Right. And, um, I believe you had said earlier too, that, that somebody had pointed out to you that, only about 2% of the people that have sightings actually, you know, are, are making the, the reports, which, which kind of brings me to my next kind of leading me into my next line of questioning here is that one of the, one of the very first things I did, because I wasn't, you know, uh, deep into UFOs or anything like that. I've watched some of the ancient aliens thing, and I've seen some, you know, UFO shows here and there and the X-Files and all that. And, yeah, and I think every, I think everybody's even sure going to see that if you're not trying to, you know, you're right. Yeah. But one of the things that I did know about was an organization called MUFON. And, you know, I never thought anything about it or, you know, I, as far as I knew, they were a civilian branch of, of people that were volunteers interested in, in tracking UFOs, nothing like a project blue book or this new, a uh, program out of the government, um, you know, a tip, I think it was called yeah, and, no, and right. So nothing like that. These are just people. And I put in a report and it was quite a lengthy report I filled out, um, which also helped me kind of, or steer me into wanting to do the Facebook group, because when I put in uh, the Michigan, you know, reported it to the Michigan UFO um, or MUFON group, I never heard anything, not an email. Thank you for submitting your report. We'll get back with you soon. No follow-up, no anything. Now, this was that's, in 2018. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, you're, you're a science teacher. I mean, you've got, you've, you've been in the military. You've yep. got this pretty impressive resume. I'm like, I would think. Yeah, that, you told me that I was baffled, but I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm shocked. They, no, you're, you're, you're correct. And, you know, um, so I, I do know that in your video that I watched and I, I limited myself to only watching the first video that you put up on Facebook because I didn't, or on uh, YouTube, because I, I didn't want to know, I, I wanted you to talk about the things that you wanted to talk about. I didn't want to lead right, you into right. things, but in your first video, you talk about your experience that you had with MUFON, but 
you also had a very interesting experience when you called and um, I think you said you were trying to call the, the um, tower at Bishop International Airport. And, and before I go any further, I will tell people, I will put a link to um, Guy's recording or his video on YouTube. So if you guys want to watch it, uh, please go there and listen to his account. It's very, very uh, detailed. Um, boring. A great account. Very long and boring, I'm afraid. Well, maybe for some people it would be boring, but for me, I found it fascinating because the details of your sighting just match. I mean, from 94 match up with so much. The correlation yeah. is just there were so a lot high. of high. Yeah, when I listened to your account, there were so many things that resonated and I went, wow, same thing. Yeah. Like so the anyways, lights. yeah. You, so anyways, you were, you, uh, um, put in for or talk to somebody at MUFON or you were led in that direction. Why don't you tell us about how you got um, kind of handed over to MUFON and what happened with that? Well, I, you know, I saw this thing, I, by the way, after I, uh, after I slowed down underneath it, I gunned the car, went about <laughs> 500 yards and hit the brakes. And, and those headlights were not in my eyes at that point. In my case, it just had the two lights facing North. And, and, and when I looked back, that orangish red light was lighting up the tops of the trees. I mean, that's how close this thing was. So, but anyway, what happened was I got home and, uh, you know, got through work, which was strange that day. I mean, I just couldn't stop thinking about this. I'm trying to, you know, work on yes. a line and work on an assembly line and I'm just babbling about this. And I'm like, yeah, that that's something that would definitely weigh on your head all day oh, long. I, I couldn't hardly work. I, I was really, this shook me up bad. I mean, it, it, uh, it kind of traumatized me. It really did. I was, I was a hundred foot from this thing. It, it was pretty scary. And, uh, so anyway, when I got home, you know, I wanted, you know, my wife and my mom lived with us and I knew they, they knew I didn't tell fish stories, but, you know, I just, I went on this little mission from God, so to speak, to get some corroboration. And I thought, I thought it would be in the newspaper the next day. Oh, I thought it would be on the six o'clock and 11 o'clock news because it's sitting next to us 23, right? I watched the news. It's not in the news. I'm like, how is this possible? Uh, I get the newspaper the next day. It's not in the newspaper. So I called the newspaper. And they seemed pretty disinterested. One guy gave me to another guy and the next guy seemed disinterested too. And finally he said, well, I'll take a report. And, you know, we haven't had any other reports. And he said, well, I'll take a report. And what's your name? And, and, and I thought, if I'm the only guy that's called the paper, do I want some report about UFOs, you know, in the newspaper with my name on it? The answer was no. Right. I was like, you know, I said, I, you know, if I, I see something else in the paper, I'll call you or whatever. And I just hung up. And then I thought, well, I'll try calling the uh, airport. So I called Bishop Airport. And this is weird, too, in a way. I called out there. And, I mean, they would have absolutely had to see if that tower was manned. And I didn't know. I don't know how this works. But if that was manned, which they ended up telling me it was, they would have had to have seen these lights. I mean, it's there's no way they didn't see, see these lights visually. They would have been below radar, but they would have seen these lights and gone, what what on earth is that so i get a guy in the tower right and he's pretty nice and pretty interested and i described this triangular craft that's like 100 feet in the air i mean it's damned near on the ground and 
he asks me questions like, could it have been a star? Could it have been a satellite? Just crazy stuff. And I'm like, I almost think they're like required to ask you those. No, no, no. I know. Sincerely. I think exactly. I was like, this has got to be some protocol. I mean, yep. What he's saying bears no relationship. It's like he didn't even hear what I said. I'm like, I got exasperated. And I said to the guy, <laughs> I said, listen, can I ask you a question? And he says, yeah. And I said, you're an air traffic controller, which was he now? I don't know, man. I think there's some people in place to take care of these, to cover these things. I And that's speculative. But anyway, I said, you're an air traffic controller. And this is exactly what he said. You can put quotes on this. It rings in my brain you know I, I said have you ever seen anything weird that you couldn't explain in the sky and he said let's put it this way uncle sam signs my paycheck so if i did i couldn't tell you and i was like wow and he said 100 percent yeah. and he doesn't miss a beat and he says but here's a number for you to call and he gives me this number it's an 800 number for some outfit called mufon which i've never heard of in my life right so i figured what the hell i'll call these guys so i call this dude and he's, I think he's on the West Coast. And I don't know why I have that memory, but he said, he said, I haven't had a report of it, but he said, do you live anywhere near Flushing, Michigan? And I said, yeah, Flushing by chance is a suburb of Flint. And he said, well, the state director of MUFON, Shirley Coyne, lives in Flushing, call her. And that's when things got, man, that's when my life became the twilight zone. I mean, I thought seeing this thing was strange enough, but that's when things went right, straight, full blown. You know, my friends are never going to speak to me again. I mean, <laughs> how so? How so? <laughs> I mean, how about some details? Oh, man, I called this lady and she was very sweet on the phone. She said, Oh, honey, you're not going crazy. She said, Two ladies carpooling to Lucas Surtek in Fenton the night before drove right underneath this thing but it was straddling both lanes of the freeway right where you saw it my mouth is dry oh no kidding have a drink of coffee and she said so it wasn't to the right of the freeway it was straddling both lanes but at the same spot and she said and this is what she added this is when things went kind of weird she said but they saw it or they drove under it on their second pass going south and she she explained that these ladies, according to her, this is what she's telling me, were going south to Lucas Surtec to this factory, and suddenly they became aware that they they were driving north again, and they didn't know how they'd gotten turned around. Like, like they started laughing and realized, "Hey, we're going north. What happened?" And now, she, were they? Did she say they were like put on the other side of the freeway where the northbound lanes are, or were they on the southbound lanes going north? Did no, they, they were. No, they were in the they were in the northbound lanes going wow. north. They were wow. driving back to Flint, and and I'm listening to this. And of course, you know, I'm a guy. This is you know, man. I'm still freaked out by seeing this thing, and trying to process all this stuff. Which, yeah, listen, I, I'm honest, man. It upset me. It scared the hell out of me, and uh, like bad. I was too close to this thing. Way, way too close, and. Uh, and she's telling me, and she's she she added that they 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 turn around and she said they felt like it took them ten minutes, but they showed up for work an hour late. And I'm like, what are we talking here? What is this? You know, missing time, alien abduction. I'm like, come on, man. I you know, and that's where I was at that point in this whole thing. And and listen, I'll tell you frankly, 
I have some friends. I've developed a circle of friends through the internet who are very, again, upright people, mentally healthy, that have had really crazy experiences. And some of them don't believe in this stuff. And they've had wild experiences. And But anyway, she said that they lost an hour of time, that they were going south, and they'd been, you know, or that they were suddenly found themselves going north, and they drove under this thing and got to work an hour late. And she wanted to know if she could come to my house and take a report. And I, Saturday or Sunday, she came out, her and another gal, and, you know, they have you fill out a form. Unlike you, you know, you, you're, you are a teacher and everything. You gave this detailed uh, uh, report to MUFON. They never even talked to you. That's so bizarre. They came right to my house and uh, you chuckled. I, I, I mentioned in my YouTube video that when she walked in, she had a chain that there were two ladies, but Shirley Coyne had a chain with a, with a crucifix and an energy crystal. And I was like, I thought it was an odd mix. I was like, well, she she's Catholic. trying to cover all of her bases. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> exactly. You know, I want to be safe in, in one regard or the other. I, I don't know. In all galaxies, I'm safe. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if the crystal doesn't do it, hopefully the crucifix does. You know, because, you know, you, you know, my mind was blown by all this stuff. And I'm trying to figure these people out. And what just happened to me? Who are these people? Can I trust her? Are these people sane? You know, am I losing it? But they were there for about an hour. I filled out a form and they wanted me, they had me draw, draw the thing the best I could. And, and, uh, Shirley Cohen made some rather odd remarks that, uh, are in my yeah, video yeah. that I don't know what to make. I don't want to go there right now. And, uh, I didn't know quite what to make of her, but she told me this story about these women at Lucas, Lucas Surtec the night before. And it was crazy. And I thought, yep. well, I'll put, I made a report, you know, I'll put some bookends on this thing and that's that. And that's the end of that. Didn't turn out that way. Um, went to work on Monday and I had one friend in that shop, a black lady named Carolyn. She used to sing in bands. She had gotten out of that and was singing at a big Baptist church in Flint and just a real smart, fun lady. And the only person I knew on a first name basis, again, coincidence, right? Right. The only person I know in this place. And her name was Carolyn. And I had not seen her on Friday when I, you know, some of us saw a UFO. And uh, I didn't see her on Monday. She worked in a different department because we were temp employees and sometimes we work here or there. And when they rang the bell to go home uh, at the end of the day, I see her running up to me and she looked really, uh, she looked really distressed and upset. And she said, guy, you've got to call me when you get home, you've got to call me. And, you know, she gave me her phone number, which I didn't have. And I did not even associate it with this UFO. I thought, man, I wonder what's wrong with Carolyn, you know? And uh, I don't know what kind of podcast you're doing here, but this is going to get pretty strange, man. So I guess all I can tell you is what app. Do you want me to keep going? Keep, keep going. going. <laughs> it, right. It's called paranormal in the title for a reason, man. All right. Well, I got home, gave it a while, and I, you know, rang up Carolyn and, uh, I said, you know, I said, Hey, Carolyn, what's going on? And she just said, guy, what, what does iron tomb mean? What does iron tomb mean? And I'm like, what? And I said, Carolyn, what are you talking about? You know, she's asking me, what does iron tomb mean? And I'm like, you know, I had no idea what she's on about. You know, I'm like, and she just segued into this story. And she said, well, she's, and she was really upset. And she said, 
well, on Friday, she said on Friday, when, when you and those other people said they saw a UFO, she said, me and Felicia were carpooling. Again, two women carpooling, right? And she said, we were in my conversion van. And she said, we didn't see anything in the sky. And I'm like, man, how is that possible? And uh, she said, but we thought we hit black ice and Felicia was asleep. She was in the passenger seat. And she said, guy, I wrote all this down too, after I got off the phone, because I've always been a writer and I made contemporaneous notes. I actually get stressed out talking about this. And uh, anyway, she said, uh, she said, guy, my van started spinning. And she said, uh, I get sick on carnival rides, but she said it was spinning faster and faster and faster, but I didn't get nauseated. I didn't even get nauseated a little bit. And she kept saying she was afraid that she saw the lights of the oncoming cars. And she said that she was fearful they were going to be hit. And she said, she lowered her voice and she was kind of crying. And she said, but guy, then I realized we were going up in the air. We were going up in the air. I'm listening to this and I'm going, what in the hell? Oh my God. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, man, I'm so stuck with this and I'm like, who's going to believe it. And I'm listening to it. And I felt so bad for her, man. Carolyn said that, you know, that she, she kind of blacked out. She said, and uh, that her van was spinning. She blacked out. And she, she said, guy, the next thing I remember is, my van was being pulled across the median as if by a magnet. She said it just felt like a magnet was behind it, pulling it across the median. And she said, I'll never, like I said, I wrote stuff down. So I remember exactly what she said. I got off, got off the phone and wrote this stuff down, trying to sort it all out and make sense of it. And she said, she said, guy, we came to this violent stop, but I had all this stuff on the shelves in my van. And she said, nothing fell off the shelves, you know? And, uh, she said, another thing she said, I just, I wrote this down. Like I said, she said, the first thing either one of them spoke, she said, Felicia, the passenger said, isn't God wonderful? And Carolyn said that she said, yes, he is. And Felicia said, at least we'll be to work on time. And uh, their mm-hmm. perception being that this had, they'd spun out or something. And uh, this is the first time I talked to Carolyn. That's what she remembered. And, and they pulled back on the highway. And I asked her because I'd heard this similar story from this lady from MUFON. I said, I did ask her, I said, what way were you going? And she said, that's the weird part too. We thought we'd pulled back on the freeway going South. And then we realized we were going North. And I said, where did you get off to turn around? And she said, Grand Blank Road, which was the exit just North of where I'd seen this thing. And she said, and she said, Oh man, this is all so crazy. I don't even know if your listeners are ready for this stuff. Uh, she said, uh, she said, and then we had left really early that day for some reason. And she's their perception was again, that this took like, took them 10 minutes or something. She said, we got to work. And she said, guy, we were like an hour late. You were on the line and everybody was on the line. And we looked up, we were like, how did we get her an hour late? Because we should be still be on time, you know? So and were you those know, the ladies that uh, the the woman from MUFON was talking about? No, this is the so this crazy. Is some- this is why this I've had. This is why old guy took this. Why it rocked my world. I mean, what these are Jesus. two these are two sets of women, independent of each other, who do not know each other. The lady from MUFON tells me about two ladies who work at Lucas Certec that have this crazy experience. I, she tells me this on, as I said, Saturday, and and I go to work on Monday. A coworker, the only person I know at work, by, you know, on a first name basis, I call her, and she tells me 
a story that's almost identical. I mean, and, and in fact, I said, I said to wow. Carolyn, I, I said to Carolyn, I said, Carolyn, I said, I got this number to some UFO reporting agency. And I said, I made a report and this lady, lady told me a story just like yours. I said, these two ladies working at Lucas Surtec, you know, like, like a few hours, well, 1030 and I guess six hours before whatever. And uh, I mean, I was like, man, my head was just spinning. I had to process this stuff. And I'm like, I mean, can you imagine, put yourself in my place. I'm like, I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) I got a few extra features that, yeah. I I mean, you know, two sets of women who don't know know each other with these crazy stories and missing time. Amazing. So, So I'm like, you know, it's real easy to poo poo, you know, stuff like, I don't know if we want to go there, alien abduction, but I mean, well, I talked to Carolyn that week a couple of times and I did not write down what she said, but I remember her telling me she was having memories and bits and pieces of just what you always hear, some sort of medical exam. And she said she could see her reflection in the eye of this, the milky eye of this weird being. And, oh, wow. Uh, and she was, just, she was, she was totally freaked out. I thought she was going to end up in a hospital. I mean, she was really upset and uh, won't talk about it now because I tried to talk to her about about four or five years later, I called her house and her husband answered the phone. He couldn't have been nicer. And I explained to him who I was and said, you know, four or five years ago, I worked with your wife and uh, we had an odd experience kind of together and I was her sounding board and he's a very nice gentleman. And he said, guy, I know exactly what you're talking about. And he said, uh, kind of chuckled and he said they're very religious and he said i we know something odd happened out there and and he said we don't know what it was and carolyn can't talk about it because she gets too upset and i said i listen i understand completely and you know god bless you and goodbye you know i mean right i I wasn't going to push it that at all and i've never i still she still has the same phone number i looked it up and i'm not never going to call her because Man, if what she said was true, I can't even, man, I can't even imagine that because I know what being next to this thing did to me. It scared me to death and left me kind of freaked for life, you know? So, uh, and, well, and you were so close to it. What, what kind of details can you remember about what it was made out of? What it, it, it just looked like dull metal, uh, like, like gunmetal sort of brownish gray and with these striations on the bottom, like maybe a grate or something. Okay. And it looked like Battlestar Galactic as some video gamers. It looked like something out of a sci-fi movie. I, 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 really, that's what I saw in that orangish red light pulsating. I just was so scared. I just, I just, and I did keep thinking you're not supposed to be here. I don't mean like hearing a voice, some spooky or crazy. No, fight or flight. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if that was, but, you know, and as if all of this wasn't weird enough, I mean, man, this is a straight up truth. This is what happened. I mean, so that's on Monday. I call Carolyn and I get this story and I'm like, what in the hell is going on in my life right now, man? And trying to process this was not easy. And, and uh, again, we talked about coincidences. My ex-wife and our marriage had never worked and, she, and, uh, we had hit this rough patch and uh, she got a job down there at Deco with me and she started on Monday. So on Monday, 
Carolyn tells me this insane story on the phone, right? I go to work on Tuesday, and on Tuesday, my wife had started on Monday, and she works on the line with Felicia, the gal in the passenger seat. And apparently, Felicia knew that Carolyn had talked to me and determined that Shelly was my wife. <laughs> like I said earlier, you don't know how weird this is going to get. Hmm. And uh, man, oh man, it's strange. So we're driving home, and Shelly says to me in the car, you're not going to believe what Felicia told me. And I'm like, you know, where is this going? You know, what, as I said in my video on YouTube, what next? You know, I don't know if I'm even ready for anything more. And she said, well, she said that Felicia was more calm than I had described Carolyn to her and was kind of matter of fact about it and just said, uh, and this is what this is what this woman told my wife. She said that they got abducted by aliens and she said she didn't know why she said that she had a bunch of miscarriages and she didn't know why, but she felt like these beings had made her pregnant somehow. And I mean, that's crazy, right? That's oh, crazy, wow. right? Okay. Now, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. That's crazy. All right. Well, I got to add this right now. I'm going to jump way ahead. I, I told my wife at the time too. I said, I stopped her right there and I said, I don't want to hear any more of this. I, I, I never spoke to Felicia. I quit that job about three weeks later. I said, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to hear any more. And I was just overloaded. And uh, anyway, so jump way ahead. Divorce. I'm remarried to the love of my life, Linda. We, I grew up next door to. And uh, best best years of my life have been the last eight years since her and I have been together. It's love her more than anything. And she's without her, this would have been a lot harder. So so all these years passed. This is 94, right? But five years ago, I don't know, 2017, maybe four years ago, Linda's heard my story over and over, you know, and we're sitting here at our computers and they sit next to each other. And she does a search on Google for carpool alien abduction, Flint, which, you know, I'd never done that. And she says, oh my gosh, honey, come read this. And lo and behold, she finds a long rambling post on the MUFON website that is obviously written by Felicia, not signed, but you know, she's in the passenger seat of a, of a you know, a conversion van going from Flint to a job and they're spinning. And, and it's a long rambling post it talks a lot about the details and lights and stuff, but the final sentence of it, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't have it in front of me is, and guess what? Nine months later, I had my son who was now 17 and I about fell out of my chair. Wow. I mean, who's going to believe this? No, but your, your listeners aren't going to believe this. This is crazy. And I got to live with this. I mean, I knew these people. I didn't know Felicia. I, I knew Carolyn. We sat and we did lunch together, but you know, I don't right. think Felicia was crazy. And I mean, who's going to run with a story like that for decades? I mean, you know, and I know, like I said, I know experiencers who don't believe this stuff. And I mean, that they've seen UFOs close up, but they're like, I don't believe that stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't know. You want to talk to these women? I got one of their phone numbers, you know, I, I heard the terror in Carolyn's voice, man. Yeah. I, thought that, I thought that woman was going to be in a hospital. I was really concerned for her well-being. I thought I was just concerned for her. And, and then this man, when Linda found that article, I was just like, Oh my God, what well, can this get any weirder? Man? 
there there is a and i had mentioned before there is a i don't want to say a cover-up but there's a downplaying of the the psychological trauma that probably most of people that see these things go through that there's it's a traumatic you know event and probably why not so many people bring it up i mean it's like a post-traumatic stress you know stress disorder it's not Uh, like it's not like that i was diagnosed with that and i've never been diagnosed with anything right i ended up talking to a therapist years just a few years ago and you know i broke down and you know i'd stuffed i had stuffed this all down i mean so who who can you share it with i mean right it's crazy it's crazy exactly so if if you are a person that then sees or has one of these traumatic events happen what most people know of right now in our current society is that if you have one of these events and you go and you talk to somebody in the media file a report whatever the case may be what's going to happen to you is you're going to be told you're crazy or they're going to laugh at you exactly and 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 they're it's going to make the traumatic experience even worse because now now you're going to feel alone you're going to feel isolated nobody will believe you and you will start to drive yourself crazy because you don't have a way to deal with the trauma i talked about that with an experiencer literally two days ago that 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 the effects of this can if even if you're mentally healthy, it can run a person right off the rails. You know, I mean, right. And as far as you, 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 what you described it so well. So you, it was a wonderful encapsulation of the dynamics involved. I mean, you've had this, this terrifying experience, this inexplicable thing, this something has happened. That's not supposed to happen. As far as we know you. And in those kinds of situations, normally you can talk to somebody, but where this is concerned, there's there's no 911 there's no you can't call the doctor you can't call the psychologist you can who do you call i mean ghostbusters i don't know i mean right. you know you're 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 alone well in, in as far as you know with your experience that that day on yeah. the 18th yeah. nothing happened to you bodily wise other than seeing this craft and that had a huge effect on your psyche and in your basically your mental health it was a traumatic event and nothing personally happened to your body right you you drove you got close to this thing it freaked you out enough that you had that effect now think of these people felicia in the car um Carolyn in the car in what she described to you anyway. and then what you read where what do these people have they they have they have more than a sighting yeah right and, and now you know uh it, sometimes we are our own worst enemies with the way that we will treat people i know 
that have something traumatic happen to them. And I think the media, and, and this is my cover-up conspiracy theory, call it what you will, but I think because these other people haven't had that experience, or maybe they did, and they are so scared that they don't know what to do or how to that's react. A, that's a great point. Yeah. They Right. They'll, they'll just like, you know, when you're ignorant of somebody else, another culture, another race or whatever, people tend to make fun of it because they don't understand it. So the best thing to do, maybe use a little humor. I'm uncomfortable. And then I can just walk away from it and forget about it. Yeah. Right. So look exactly. at, right. Look at governments, right. Now they're starting to come out and say, Oh, yeah, the Navy's confirming there are UFOs and there's triangles and uh, Commander David Fravor and other pilots who have said that they've seen these things are confirmed. Uh, uh, okay, now what? How about all the people that have been discouraged and made fun of and all of the media out there that have taken people's stories, their traumatic events, whatever the event was. It has mentally scarred them. Something happened. And everybody's having these same stories. Now, you can say mass, you know, psychosis or whatever the case may be. They'll come up with anything. They'll come up with it. Sleep, exactly. paralysis. Sleep paralysis. That's a big one. Guess what? We were all awake and driving. <laughs> right. You don't have sleep paralysis while you're driving a car doing 70 down South US 23. Separate cars, you know. And separate cars. Right. Now, there's one other thing I wanted to uh, ask you about before we wrap this up, because I know this is this is uh, strenuous on you. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to push things too far. Well, and but, I, I just add this real quick, too. You know, mm -hmm. I thought I thought. I'm just being blunt, man. I thought I saw a UFO up close. They took them. This has got nothing to do with me. That's the end of that. Well, I had warned you. It may not be that way because that's not how it was for me. Well, and here we are. And God only knows where this podcast in our Facebook group that have people reporting things to us, how far this is going to go. But, you know, I don't believe in coincidences and, and we'll just, you know what, we'll see how this plays out. But I did want to ask you one other thing. Sure. Sure. In your video, part one that I finished watching, you held up two photocopies of some articles you had found in uh, some journals or some newspapers. Yeah. Can you, can you elaborate on what those papers were and how they kind of fit into your story? Well, yeah, I mean, I was kind of, I thought, well, this happened January, I mean, January, March 18th, 94, and I ran up and bought a newspaper on the 19th, and there was nothing in the paper, and my memory was that I'd looked at a bunch of newspapers around then, but I was kind of a mess for a couple of weeks, man. I was not okay, and, uh, you know, and I know what you saw scared you, but you had all of the crazy things that happened in my case. It was just a little bit too much, but I thought I'd looked at the newspapers, but when I got together with Linda, God bless her soul. I felt, cause she's known me since I was eight. She knows, you know, I, I don't tell stories. I don't know. She just helped me. She helped me work through this along with, I was honest, man, talking to a therapist and, yep, yep. uh, and, uh, about four years ago, we 
gone into Flint for some reason. We live east of Flint. And uh, I said to her, I said, I want to stop down at the, the uh, library and look at the microfilm, if it's okay with you before we go home, to see if I missed anything in the newspaper. And I'm going to start with uh, March 18th. And lo and behold, I bring up, I didn't even know how to use that machine. And the lady helped me and I got the roll. And I look at the, the, the headlines from the Flint Journal on March the 18th and the morning that I saw this. And this did not even refer to what I saw, but it shocked me. Huge letters. It says the headlines of the Flint Journal are, oh, my God, what is this? And I'm like, huh? I didn't see this. And, and I read it and it was actually it was about uh, a radar, a uh, National Service, National Weather Service radar operator in Sheboygan that watched this thing jump like 10 miles in like two seconds on his radar. It wasn't about what I saw, but then I, I kept going back and I found an article on the 15th of March that it was about a sighting on the 10th. Again, I'd never seen this article. And it was a young kid on the east side of Flint that said a huge triangular craft was floating over the neighborhood. He described it as as big as his street, which I think he probably meant his block. And he was and his mother said, my son doesn't make up stories. And he huddled in his bathroom and watched it. A pretty lengthy story. And of course, that was very much like what I saw. Of course, what I saw was 100 feet away, man. And, uh, you know, and uh, it just uh, and, you know. It's one thing to see a craft, and I believe me, I know that when you saw that, it had to blow your mind, scare you. I mean, you're human. Absolutely. I don't care if you're a if you're a vet and a tough guy. I mean, that's gonna you just don't know you don't know what's gonna happen when you see something like that. And you know, in my case, seeing it was scary enough. And then I'm counseling this woman who's I know to be of sound mind, or I think I, I get two sets of women that don't know each other these crazy stories and i'm having in a four-day period i had to consider that maybe we're being visited maybe they take some people and examine them they didn't harm them but i mean and and suddenly it was a lot to process you know intellectually and emotionally and 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 who the hell am i going to talk to about this you know that not going to think i've lost my marbles you know I mean, because this is crazy stuff. This is like tabloid stuff. And but I'm sorry, it happened in my life, you know. And then, like I said, years later, <laughs> there's a lot more. And I'm and I, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, what do they follow people? I don't know. Yeah. But that's a, what you just heard. In a way, it's kind of the tip of the iceberg. And I thought I saw a UFO. I'm safe. They took them. It's all over. Well, it doesn't always work that way. So you know. Yeah. And it, it takes a toll on a person. Yeah, know? absolutely. You had four days of just being inundated with material that. Well, my um, world, my worldview was destroyed. My yes, yes, changed. yes. Your whole worldview changed. And that's a scary, traumatic thing. And I think that's probably one of the big things that that happens to people when they have these experiences is that everything that you thought you knew, like everything I thought I knew about aerodynamics and aircraft and whatever science was gone with those three lights I saw floating in the sky that were huge. I mean, just ridiculous. And and apparently nobody else in, in our area at that time, 
well, that we've heard from anyways, saw it at that time. It was about 2.40 in the morning. There wasn't very many cars out, but nobody was driving like they had seen it or even noticed it. It just well, yeah, I mean, consider my case. Here's this thing. It's almost on the ground sitting next to the freeway and nobody's right. even slowing down. I'm right. like, what? I, I Or maybe even speeding up, right? Yeah, like, what right, is this? Let's get right, out of here. Right, right. I've, there are theories that sound crazy, but, uh, you know, from some pretty notable researchers that I've actually talked to a lot of them, and this sounds way out. In fact, you know, I rejected it when I first heard it. And then I'm like, what do I know, man? As I've often said this was like having my head unzipped to reveal that there was nothing in it. Uh, I mean, I don't know anything, but a lot of very notable researchers have reported cases where, you know, like eight people standing on a beach and four of them are like, oh, my God, what's that craft out there above the water 200 yards out? And the other four are going, what are you talking about? We don't see anything. They can't see it. I mean, that sounds listen, that sounds that sounds nuts, but it's documented. And, and I, you know, you know I'm, what? That reminds me of a study, and I I play this for my students sometimes in high school about their their powers of observation since, you know, I teach a science class and how your eyes can lie to you. Did you ever see that that video where there's the eight people playing basketball uh, or there's 16 people playing basketball, eight of them have on white shirts and the other eight either have on black shirts or I, I can't remember the exact details. Maybe they weren't wearing shirts at all, but, you know, go figure, you know, skins versus uh, shirts kind of a thing. Yeah. Some but, they were different things. Yeah. And the, the idea was that the people, um, your job as the observer was to count how many times the basketball and I'm really I'm really doing a disservice to my uh, my psychology background and not remembering the names of these studies, but my brain is just going. The older I get, the worse my memory <laughs> yeah, gets well, for I, things, right? I'm but 69 and I've had a stroke, so I'm not, you know. So They pass the basketball to each other, and your job is to count how many times they pass the basketball back and forth. And that's all the observer has to do is focus on where that ball is going and how many times is it passed around. And you stop the video when it when it comes to the end, and the question is asked, how many times did the basketball get passed? And I'll have students, every one of my classes, everyone without fail, last year, 140 students saw this video, and they said 16, 17, no, 20, and they would get into this huge argument. And then I would say, yeah, but did you see the gorilla walk through? the people playing basketball and they're like, what are you talking about? And I back up the video and I play it again. And sure enough, while the guys and gals are passing the basketball back and forth, a guy in a gorilla suit walks in between them right through the middle of the screen and not one single student out of 140 who are 14, 15 years old saw the guy in the gorilla walk through really so when you tell me stories you know a a study by you know researchers talking about four people don't even see this thing i think our brains you know we we are focused on something 
we are very, you know, the, the whole idea of multitasking is a myth. Humans can't multitask. We're, we're single pointed creatures. It, it, it's just a, a fact. They want to talk about multitasking. It's a lie. People can look it up if they want to. I don't care. But that is a perfect example of when you are focused on one thing, one point at a time, you will miss things right in front of your face. I mean, it's blatant. And um, I'm sure people are going to write in or, or send Facebook messages or whatever, telling me the name of that study and all that good stuff, but I'll look it up and put it in, uh, in the show notes and, and let people know the actual name of that study when we record the rest of our episodes. So that's interesting. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me at all when you say that, that, you know, people don't notice it and, it was all I can tell you is it was a very strange experience and, 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 you know, it would be for another podcast, but yep. I, I thought, I thought, well, that's the end of it for me. Whoops. That's why I told you. Yeah. You think, Oh gee, we just saw a UFO and, and doesn't involve us. I mean, we, we had a sighting and man, I don't know. I know a lot of people that they have a sighting and that's not the end of it. And I'm not, it's, I don't mean that in a spooky way. I'm just saying, you know, it's 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 kind of crazy. It's almost like what whatever these things are. I mean, do they do they know who some people? Do they follow some people? I think if you're open minded or you're interested, like you are and your wife uh, Michelle, I think you know it might not be the last time you have something out. Well, you said you had a poltergeist thing. I, you know, some people just I, I, I've even wondered: is it genetic? Is it some connection? It, you know, because after this thing happened, then years passed, but then it was really on. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know that's another story, but anyway, but I hope that this made sense. I hope it's something you can use on your podcast. I hope. Absolutely. Um, it was great. Yeah. Uh, great story. Um, you know, for being our first guest on our podcast, it, it's awesome that, that you were able to come on and talk to us about your story. I think it's, it's great. Hopefully it helps you in some ways too, and helps other people out there that might listen to it. That's really what that's, that's a huge thing for me. That's I made the YouTube videos. I wanted to find people, but I also wanted to tell people it's okay. You're not, you're not the only person that's happened. You're not alone. Yeah. Right. Just like they like to say, we're not alone. Yeah, we're not alone. Right. You're not alone. You're not alone with seeing these things. And, and like I said, um, guys, uh, um, YouTube video for at least part one is called a skeptical guys fire in the sky style UFO sighting part one. And we'll put links to that in the show notes. So, um, our listeners can go and view that. Um, you do have like, Two two point one. So I've got um, I've got I've got five, five episodes because yeah two thousand subscribers so that that's pretty good and uh, this part one video has a thousand seven hundred and eighty one views since yeah. September of two thousand seventeen so and I, and I mean it sincerely I you know I did it because I think people should be aware of it and at least be at least considered and also I I thought maybe it would help some people. You know, I wanted to be a psychologist. I didn't go to get my PhD because yep. of the course and some stuff. But, you know, I worry. I have great concerns for people that have been through this because it's, especially if it's weird enough, it's it's real hard on a person. And uh, and there's no there's no network. There, I mean, there are there are, there are some now, but they need to know they're not 
they're not losing it and they're not alone. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, let's see, what else did I want to add here? Um, I think, I think that's pretty much it. I think we can wrap it up there, but you know, again, thanks for coming on the podcast, being our very first interview. Yes. Thank you, guy. And uh, nice meeting you, Michelle. And uh, nice meeting you too. I know my story had some pretty weird elements and I don't know, you know, I don't know what people would think of some of it. So, well, you know, at least you can get it out there. And if it helps some people, uh, it's great. I mean, that's, that's the, the big thing. And now in June, you know, we're supposed to be getting this UFO report from the government and, um, all of these releases and quote unquote leaks about the pyramid UFOs, which basically they're, they're triangles and the yeah, videos yeah. that are starting to show up and, uh, off of the fighter jets and things like that. Um, I don't know. I think, I think we're going to see something open up here probably over the summer. Um, that's just my pure speculation, but even if it doesn't, I mean, so many people are seeing things. It's apparent to me now with, with, with our podcast right now, even though it's just starting out, the people reaching out to us, talking to us about their experiences, you know, in the Facebook group and things like that, that people, they're, they're seeing things. There, there's things happening. A lot, of, a lot, a of lot, people, a lot a of lot. people have seen things. Many Absolutely. more, as we've talked already, than yep. would ever admit to it. So, yep. And uh, so, anyways, I think that's probably a pretty good uh, stopping point. I think uh, it would be awesome to have you come back on the show if you want to, uh, you know, talk about some uh, other stories in the in the future, and uh, we'll bring you back on. But, well, I mean, that's that's entirely up to you, and I'd be willing yeah. to do it. I I really enjoyed meeting you folks. And I think you're doing a great thing. Uh, I, I just give you great props for being a science teacher. That still blows my mind that you, <laughs> that you went, I'm just, this happened and it's the truth and I'm going to do it, man. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's what matters, right? That's, that's why I'm, well, into this. you know what? That's not what matters to everybody. That's what's right. That's what's rare, man. It takes some courage and it's a real testament to your character. And I'm not patronizing you to be nice. That's not, you got to realize, man, you're kind of a rare person. I mean, not because you saw this thing, but because you saw this thing. And as a person that, you know, as a respected job in education and stuff said, this is the truth. And I'm going to, and I'm going to talk about it. It doesn't happen. Well, in, you know, in science, that's kind of what we, we're interested in is finding the truth. Even if it is something that we don't want to be true, we still have to report it. We still have to follow the data, no matter how much your heart or your ego wants to get behind something and say, I want this to be true no matter what. And then the data tells you, no, ego, ego is a killer, man. It is. It really ruins everything. So it is. All right. Well, with that being said, Michelle, did you want to add anything else? Or? No, I think that we're good tonight. Just go spend some time with your wife. <laughs> yep. Uh, it was her birthday last night. We spent a lot of time together last night. Wow. So hey, I think we'll, awesome. I think we'll sp- birthday. I think we'll spend some time together tonight too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, have a good night. Thank you for uh, coming on the podcast once again. Hope to talk to you soon. All and right, we'll Michelle, see you on right. the Facebook group. We'll, I will do. Love talking to you. 
All right. Take care. Wow. I'm at a loss for words. That was, sounds like exactly what we saw, but we did not have that kind of an experience like he went through. That is, like he kept saying, this is insane. That sounded incredible. So um, one of the things I did want to point out is the psychological test that I was trying to remember the name of was called the Selective Attention Test, and that was by Dr. Simon, or Simons and Chabri, spelled C-H-A-B-R-I-S, in 1999. If you feel like you want to check that out or you want to go check out that video, just look it up in on YouTube and you will definitely find the selective attention test. Very cool. Uh, Guy's YouTube channel is going to be in the show notes. So you can check that out and you can go look at his video of his description of in his own words there. Again, if you so choose, his story matches up with the interview. I watched it. It was uh, quite incredible. And one thing I did want to point out is that Guy's YouTube video was posted in 2017. Our encounter was in 2018. So he posted his video before we even had our sighting. And I never knew who he was. I had never seen his. Didn't know the story. YouTube, and the story has nothing. not changed. Yeah. I did not even know about the, what he called the UFO flap. Uh, over Lake Michigan and Western Michigan in 1994 that was going on at the same time, which is uh, something I want to look further into. Another thing I wanted to point out just uh, relatively quickly is the traumatic encounters that can happen with this. Just want to let people know that if you saw something like this and it scared you and you did not know what was going on, you're not alone out there, okay? So... Um, we hope that this can help some people, as Guy was saying. You know, one of the big things he wanted to do this interview, and he put his videos out there, was to help others try to deal with this situation. So it's kind of why we did this podcast as well, to see where this would go. Well, anything else, Michelle, that you wanted to add? No, I think we are ready to wrap it up for the night. I think the interview kind of speaks for itself. It It does. And it's a... It's a long podcast this time, so. All right, everybody. I think we're going to sign off. And with that, have a great night. Have a great night. And keep your eyes to the sky. You have been listening to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. You can reach us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mi underscore UFO and join our Facebook group by searching for Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters. So until next time.